Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and looks like having Steph and Draymond in the lineup is not a magical cure-all. Will not guarantee a victory as the Warriors lost again to the Atlanta Hawks, a team that has some talent, is, I guess, up and coming, but still, maybe... Three weeks ago, before the All-Star break, when the Warriors were four games above 500, you would probably assume that a relatively healthy Warriors team would beat this Hawks team. But that was seemingly a long time ago, decades ago, like way back, way, way back. I can't even see that far. The Warriors are kind of in a bad, bad way. This was a game that they definitely wanted. You could tell by the fact that Kerr played Wiseman and then didn't play him. He left Looney in for a lot of the minutes and was hoping that the lineup with Looney, Curry, Draymond would pull it out, and they could not. They did not. So there's some weird vibes around this team at this point. Going off something that me and my friend Aram in Toronto talked about, in the last podcast, just watching this game, yeah, they don't have many great passers, is one thing I'll say again. After Draymond, after Steph, you have like the next tier of players, and that's Ubre and Wiggins, and those guys aren't the greatest passers, especially Ubre, who just kind of, when he drives, like looks at the basket and doesn't look anywhere else. Looney's a decent passer, but I mean, there's such a drop off. And that's probably another reason why once Draymond and Steph are out of the lineup, no one can get the ball to James Wiseman. And then it gets frustrated. And then when he gets the ball, he does his drop step spin and, you know, usually something if he happens. And again, with Ubre, he's not shooting the ball well like he was in February. I wonder. If this whole contract free agency almost got traded stuff is up in his head and he's just in a weird place where he's trying to play for a big contract and get a starting job somewhere as much as possible. His head just might not be in the right place, especially with the stakes for this team not being that high if the stakes are the play-in round. And if Draymond can't get excited about that, I really doubt Oubre will either. And Wiggins, he's not a great passer. He's kind of a maybe situational opportunistic passer. Like when there's an obvious pass on a drive, he'll kick it, you know, he'll dump it off. He'll hit Wiseman recently a couple times for lob or something, but instinctually he's not someone you would think of as like, Oh, an excellent passer. What this team is missing is basketball IQ. You never see the ball humming anymore like it used to. I know they've adjusted the offense a little bit to more pick and roll. I mean, Jordan Poole is supposed to be a decent passer. He has moments, but he's just not there yet, especially since he's been struggling with his shooting. Nico Mannion, again, I'm a big believer in that kid and his ability to play point guard, but yes, he is not there yet either. He's 19. Poole is 21. You can't rely on those dudes to be the third or fourth best passers on the team. Kent Bazemore, Damian Lee. I mean, honestly, I like those dudes a lot, but they're just really, really mediocre at so many things. 
that's something they'll definitely have to address next season. They thought that maybe they could use some of these guys and they would be able to fill in in those spots, but they just don't, they don't have it. There's no KD, there's no Bogut, there's no Zaza, no one really with that ability to move the ball the right way. The Warriors tried to thread the needle in this game and it just didn't work. And it's tough because a win would have been like such a positive. I mean, they're so close to feeling a little bit better about themselves, but you lose to the Hawks with Steph and Draymond in the lineup and it just kind of brings you further, further down. People have talked about in this game, the turnovers, the fouls. Yeah, man. I mean, that's basketball IQ, you know? Hey, if it's one game, you could argue that the refs missed a few, but it's consistent. And especially with a team that doesn't have a consistent second scorer, if you start giving up points at the free throw line to the other team, it's over. Those are the fringes. Those are the margins that the Warriors are losing these games with. I'm not talking about the blowouts. I'm talking about the 10-point losses, the 6-point losses with Steph and Dre in the game. Basically, this season has been about mediocre veteran players who haven't been good enough or haven't been consistent enough, and young guys who, unfortunately, just haven't grown quickly enough. It's crazy because if you get rid of (laughs) Steph falling on his tailbone, and he doesn't miss a bunch of games, and the Warriors don't lose a bunch of games, things are different, you know? I mean, that's what injuries do. That's how professional sports works. But again, every day, every week, you got to work with the hand that you're dealt. And the question is, how will the Warriors rise up? How will the coaching staff and Steve Kerr adjust? What will the marching orders be from the front office? Now, if they go on a crazy losing streak... I mean, sure, that'll help their draft positioning, but that will just leave such a such a terrible taste in everyone's mouth. The fans, especially Warriors Twitter, they're they're salty as hell. <laughs> they're out for blood, man. But again, we just want progress. We want hope. We want to see that this team is moving in the right direction, and right now it's not. And that's the biggest gripe that I personally have. How do you write that ship? Yes, there's things that were out of your control, injuries, COVID stuff, but other teams have dealt with that as well. So where do they go from here? I mean, hey, if they tank, then yes, their own draft positioning improves. But unless something crazy, crazy happens, it's just not worth it. But let's think about this for a second, okay? I mean, everybody saw Jalen Suggs or at least a clip of Jalen Suggs hitting that buzzer beater three for Gonzaga to beat UCLA in the final four. Now I've talked about Jalen Suggs since the tournament started. I've talked to Aram. I've talked to Vubang about him. At first I wasn't so high up on him, but then when I finally saw him play, basically if the Warriors get the Minnesota pick, I mean, the ideal player for them is Jalen Suggs, right? I mean, of course, Kate Cunningham, but unless the Warriors get their pick, At number one, magically, he's not even a consideration. But Jalen Suggs, what the Warriors can't afford is a project. I mean, if they get Jalen Green, if they get Jonathan Kaminga, hey, I'll take a step back, 
perspective, those guys are super talented. And if Wiseman can make the leap, if they can get some vets to fill in the gaps next year, then maybe. But especially if they miss the playoffs this season, I can't imagine the tenor, the vibe in the media around the team of like, oh boy, here we go again with another 19-year-old who's not going to be ready to contribute to a contending team. But Suggs, both he and Cunningham have leadership qualities. I mean, it's no coincidence they both play point guard. But Suggs would be able to come in and contribute right away. He's the guy. He's the guy that can pass, that can score when you need him to, who can play defense. At 6'4", he's strong. He could guard both guard positions, maybe a little bit of three if you needed to. So that would be ideal, right? Hey, if the Warriors get, say, the fourth or fifth pick from Minnesota, and maybe their own pick falls in the hmm, 10 range, maybe a little bit better, who knows? Maybe there's a team that lands in the top three, that would trade out. You give that team the fourth or fifth pick and the Warriors' own pick in the lottery and say, hey, give us a three. Give us the two. Like if they're fine getting somebody at four or five that they would have taken anyway, maybe they don't need a point guard. Maybe they don't need Evan Mobley at center. So they're willing to go for Kaminka, go for Jalen Green, and then get like another pick a few picks later. So who knows? We'll see. Anyway, these games are getting tougher and more frustrating to watch. I mean, it's just like some part of it is, I guess, the same frustration that Kerr and Curry talked about in their post-game pressers. It's like just doing the same things over again, you know? It's like when you have a problem and you keep trying the same things to fix it and it doesn't work, you're going to have to do something else. Now, this season is not salvageable in terms of going deep into the playoffs or contention or anything like that, but they need to show progress, not to just the fans, but to themselves, to Steve Kerr, (laughs) to ownership, to Bob Myers. This team has to show that they are moving in a forward direction. I mean, you look at this roster right now, and I talked a little bit about this with Aram in last podcast, but it's like you have Steph, you have Dre. You have Wiseman, you have Wiggins. Those are four dudes who, unless you can move Wiggins' contract, who are definitely going to be on this team next year. And then you have Poole. He's cheap, young, up-and-comer. Mannion, again, cheap, young. You can stash him in the G League still. And then that's it, right? There's other dudes I like on this team. JTA is awesome. I think they should keep him. But then looking at Baysmore, I mean, he's on a – one-year contract. He probably won't be back next year unless they fill in the gaps with people who can play this system a little bit better, who play with a higher level of focus. You know, when you say basketball IQ, you don't want to be harping on like regular IQ. You know, you're not talking about that. I don't know how smart these guys are. I'm sure they're all intelligent dudes, thoughtful dudes, but like part of it is being on the court and focusing and not just fouling out of frustration And understanding that this is how the game is being called. So I can't do this. I'm not going to do that. There's a general savviness that's missing from this team that was so, so dominant in years before. I mean, the talent level is clearly dropped off. We knew that before, but it's even clearer now. Steph, Dre, and then just a chasm, right? Wiggins, Oubre, because of their very, very specified skill sets, they're very limited right? I mean, despite the fact that Wiggins has been shooting well, but in general, long-term, 
This is where you miss Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston, Zaza Pachulia, Andrew Bogut. Anyway, I'm turning into a broken record. I hope that this season turns. It still can, right? Ever since the beginning of the season, I've just wanted them to make the playoffs. And if that's just the playing round, great. You know? Great. Because give Steph the ball <laughs> and let him do his thing for 40 minutes. You know, Draymond Green, same thing. They will get that first win. If they have to get the second win, I think they could do that too. And then in a seven-game series, let's just see how much fun they can have. They need to end this season on an upswing of some kind because if not, there's just going to be so much negativity and negative chatter around everyone and everything. I mean, that's the long view, you know? (laughs) All of a sudden, everything is looked at with skepticism instead of optimism. But like I always say, we shall see. Anyway, that's another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out at OaklandWarriors.com. And be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time.